Welcome back, everybody, to our special two-part series with a fantastic guest with us today. We have Ray Wright, founder of CEO RevOps Squared and the new SaaS Metrics Board as well. Along with me, of course, our infamous host, Howard Brown, CEO, founder of Revenue IO. All right, happy to be back with you again. Really enjoyed our last conversation. All right, so in the last one, Ray, you gave us five core efficiency metrics we went into. And Howard, I think we were really about to set the stage of, okay, well, how do we really get into calculating those? And you know, we were we were talking in between these episodes around things like CAC and CLTV and all of those you know, metrics that are so germane and so key. And I'll reminisce here going back to the Gardner days, CAC is a wonderful one to pick on. And I can't tell you how often people varied in terms of how they looked at their CAC, how they looked at CLTV. What do we mean when we say, you know, the, the net retention versus the new logos and all of these things. And some people included customer success, some included sales, some included marketing. It was all over the map. And so now we sit there and go, no, there actually are proper benchmarks to be used inside CAC CLTV. Thoughts on this in terms of what are the subcomponents of the five core items that we need to use in building a proper benchmarks for a RevOps company. Harry, do you want to take the first shot at that or you want me to? I think you're the you're the uh you're the SaaS benchmark expert here. I'll let you jump in and I'll I'll fast follow. Well, I'm gonna be like a politician here and I'm gonna deflect the, the question with one other thing, Alistair, and then I'll get into it. So I think the most important thing about these metrics, and Howard asked this during our last session, is there needs to be common shared focus and commitment to whatever metrics you choose by the entire organization, but specifically to go to market organization. One of the biggest challenges I've seen with let's optimize our CAC payback period or our customer lifetime value. Okay, that sounds good. Let's do that. And then the head of sales has, well, I'm going to measure win rate. I'm going to measure funnel conversion rate. And I'm going to measure quota achievement. And then the head of marketing says, well, I'm going to measure how many leads I generate. And I, I may have some common edition of MQLs, but if I don't feel like I'm making it, we might redefine the MQL. And then a customer success leader says, well, I'm really focused on logo retention. And it doesn't matter whether I retain big logos or small logos. It's just what percentage of my customers are retained. So it starts with common shared alignment of everyone, at least on the go-to-market team, if not everyone on the executive team, to the top three to five metrics for that accounting period or that year. So Howard, I'm gonna throw it over to you first. How important do you think it is that the CEO sets that tone that we're gonna share the top three to five metrics or objectives that everyone's focused on? I think it's 100% important. And I think you need to comp your team based on those metrics, right? You have your leadership team. And if they're pulling in a bunch of different directions because they have a bunch of vanity metrics, like the number of MQLs, who cares if those MQLs don't turn into sales and squoes and one opportunity, right? So the idea is figuring out what those core three, five, seven, whatever your number is, make sure it's not too many, focus in on them and start to benchmark your own KPIs. And then you can go from there to improvement. But I think 
a lot of people see, hey, these are the KPIs. I have to hit them. If I don't hit them, then you know I'm the the business is is sideways. You can't improve every metric at once. I know that. Look, there's marketing CAC, sales CAC, sales development CAC. There's there's customer success CAC. You have a lot of different components to CAC. Where do we focus? Well, certainly we need to focus on our CAC to LTV ratio. Absolutely. But we also need to think about what do we need to operationalize? How do we simply improve CAC, right? Like, it's great to have all these KPIs, but what are you going to do about it? And that's where starting to understand your sales, your marketing stack, and making sure that all of it is aligned to drive the best performance, because I can't focus on everything at once. So what do I optimize? Where do I focus my attention? Is it on training? Is it on engagement? Is it on customer succession retention? We have to align as an organization. First is the KPIs, but now what's going to drive improvement in those KPIs? And Howard, let's double click on that because let's use the customer lifetime value to CAC ratio, which measures how much revenue on a gross margin adjusted basis does a customer deliver over time measured against how much does it cost to um, acquire that customer. So what I've done, even when I had an operating role, right, when I wasn't just telling people about metrics, I actually had to live by them, right, is I would get my top executives together and say, okay, this is why CLTV to CAC is so important. Let's talk about what are the input variables that each of you own that if we can look at what the measurements are, what the process improvement areas are, that we can increase that customer lifetime value to CAC from 4.2 to 5, and here's why it's valuable. So I actually would go and tell the VP of sales, like, these are the top five leading indicators that can impact customer lifetime value to CAC from a sales perspective. Number one, it's your win rate. Number two, it's going to be your opportunity funnel conversion rate. Because the more you convert from stage two to stage three, and the quicker you get them out of the funnel, the better that sales and beta CAC is going to look. Average annual contract value. Just by increasing the average annual contract value by 10% has dramatic impact on CLTV to CAC. And maybe they look at things like, well, what's my value-based selling messaging? Am I driving value? Am I getting to the economic buyer versus the you know, product feature function influencer? So the, the bring it has to be PSLs come back and say, what's the top three things you think you can focus on to improve the CLTV to CAC? Then you look at your customer success leader and say, okay, so one of the biggest impacts here is going to be gross dollar retention. How do we retain the most important clients as measured by ARR? And maybe one of the things we know, it's onboarding, it's product engagement, it's business value delivered. I just named three things. Now, those aren't other leading indicator metrics, but they're leading indicators because if you can show in your QBRs that you're meeting and exceeding the customer's ROI analysis for buying your product, you're more likely to retain that customer, right? You and then it. you can look at marketing and talk to marketing and say, okay, let's look at all those amazing MQLs you brought in. How are they converting to customers? How are they converting to dollars of ARR? And now, head of marketing, let's look at all those marketing attribution accounts you've talked about for the last two years. Let's see how they've been retained and let's see how they've grown. And now the marketing person doesn't change just about leads, 
They're thinking about dollars of pipeline, dollars of ARR, and now dollars of retention. So they share that goal with the head of customer success. So that that's kind of is my approach to the how. Common binds are the metrics. Absolutely. And I love the passion behind it. It's it's not only necessary, it's it's absolutely pertinent that organizations align across all operations because without it, you're just chasing your own special metric, your own special KPI. It, let me dig in. Um, CAC to LTV. So some of the metrics I look at and I think, okay, cost of acquisition, lifetime value. It's great when you get a bigger annual contract value at initial sale. Great. But if you're a land and expand model, right, where your cost of acquisition may be very high, you get a small initial contract value, but you're constantly adding seats. How do you think about that? And when are we going to start coming up with metrics that look at businesses that grow differently? Because some of these metrics are now 10, 12 years old. And they don't encompass product-led growth. They may not encompass this land and expand model. How are you How are you looking at that and what are you seeing? First of all, I start with you benchmark against companies like yours, right? So if you're a product-led growth company like a Snowflake or a Twilio, you benchmark yourself against them, not against Salesforce. So that's the first thing. Now, the other thing, I, I don't want to hedge, but there are different leading indicators in a PLG model. So... Not to um, go far afield on the audience here, but things like what percentage of website visitors convert to a freemium or a free trial? Then what percentage of a free trial becomes a paid customer? Right. Then one of the new metrics is activation rate. So if you new customer who came in a PLG, how long does it take them to hit the feature function that's a aha moment, a high business value? So there's different metrics there. But then when you get into the revenue efficiency metrics hard, which is what you're really asking, right? You got to have a standard policy of when do they go from being a new name customer ARR to existing customer expansion ARR? And there's no right answer here, but let's say it's 12 months that you count everything if it's usage-based pricing for the first 12 months goes towards initial customer contract value, right? Then after 12 months, it goes to expansion. So there's no right answer, Howard, but there is the consistency. Because what an investor wants to know is, oh, okay, that's the way you calculate it. So what's the efficiency of growing a customer in the second year compared to getting a new customer? Oh, wow, it's only 68 cents to get a dollar new ARR. Let's over-index there and let's see how we can grow existing customers even more. And Alistair made, and I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot here, but Alistair said, you know, best in class companies get 84% of their revenue from existing customers. Isn't that what you said, Alistair? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on what your motion is. It depends on, you know, that hyper land and expand. It may be 98%, right? If you don't charge anything for the first month, it's a freemium, and then you count all the revenue as expansion revenue, right? So it's the consistency of that and measuring you against people who use similar calculations for the metrics. Yeah, and I think that's such a key point, right? We, we said it last episode, we're saying again, comparables are key. In, in the world of benchmarks and metrics, too often we glob them all together and go and say, well, here are the latest key bank SaaS metrics. Great. Well, you know, SaaS companies vary as much as tech companies do. 
you know, and you wouldn't lump all your benchmarks together across tech, would you? You wouldn't say that a services company, I'm going to measure myself the same as I would a VAR, the same as I would a SaaS company, the same and all that. And so, you know, SaaS is unique. It is, it is an entire ecosystem unto itself and comparables are so key. And Ray, I just want to loop back to just, just a few minutes ago on this notion of shared accountability that Howard, you and Ray were talking about. And it reminded me of a, a company that's actually really embracing this. So there was this company called Smart Technologies out of Canada, funnily enough. And uh, they gone through multiple iterations of their company, but the latest thing, they really embrace what we would call the RevOps model. They call it a joint commercial structure. But when you talk about shared accountability, there's really like four major things that they did to light up an integrated commercial scorecard, which we're all agreeing is key here, right? We got to have that integration across departments. First one was, look, do I actually have holistic enough KPIs for the business? Do I actually have a way of encompassing the entirety of a customer journey, right? That, that was key because if I'm not thinking around the customer journey, quite frankly, most metrics are vanity metrics that are going to help me measure something inside my business. But to your point, an investor doesn't care. They care about what's this mean to the rest of the world, not what it means inside your four doors. So number one, the holistic nature of it. Number two was, are they objective enough? You know, SMART was really good about going and saying, should each KPI should be used and understood similarly throughout the organization? So to Howard's point, simply vanity metrics are like MQLs. Okay, great. You might need that as a subcomponent for managing a process, but as an integrated commercial scorecard goes, an MQL has no place. It, an MQL combined with SQLs, with sales qualified opportunities, SQOs, and then digital intent, well, that package together could be a shared digital intent metric that now makes sense to the organization. So that's what I mean by objective that's lighting things up. And then accessible. And how are they think of us here? Do you have accessibility to the data sources for each of these KPIs? And while finance and while teams should, the reality is how many companies have separate finance systems from their go-to-market systems? Almost all of them. Right. And so now the go to market data is being scrubbed or somewhat loosely did or is mirrored over into Excel spreadsheets, is then mirrored into ERP systems, and it is not accessible. Accessibility of a common data source is absolutely key on this. And then, fourthly, mutual reinforceability. Am I able to take each KPI and make sure they are achievable across these cross functional teams? So, when you think of the holistic, objective, accessible, mutually reinforcing side of it, that's what makes RevOps work. That's what makes all of what we've talked about through two episodes actually work. Otherwise, I simply am measuring for the sake of measuring, and that's not going to happen. Howard, let me just throw you something here. The data piece of this and actually making that accessible. How do we do that? Well, we do that by making sure that the tools we use are instrumenting each of the processes our go-to-market teams are using on a daily basis. And we make sure that that data is not just relevant for a data scientist or a finance team, but that the data is turned into insights that our reps can act on in the moment, right? That, that is what's critical. We're talking about efficiency and effectiveness. We need to show our teams, our go-to-market teams, 
what's the next thing they should be doing? Where should they be focusing to deliver that efficiency and that effectiveness? So if you have a bunch of disparate tools that you're trying to string together to deliver best in class, it's difficult at best. So start to think about the problem holistically. Take a look at your RevOps maturity model, trying to figure out where you are, what are those five to seven metrics that are going to move the needle, and what do you need to do operationally to make sure your teams are equipped to handle whatever moment is is in front of them. And so that's that to me is a core focus. The rubber hits the road when simply we think about that customer journey and how do we actually light up our team to hit yep. these metrics. Otherwise, I'm building a dashboard for my own edification and that's of no use, right? And, and, and Ray, you have some wonderful new benchmarks and studies coming out over the next several months. Tell us what's coming and how to use some of the information that you're using. Yeah, thank you for that. And um, I think the one thing I'd like to just add on to what Howard said before yeah. I answer that, Alistair, is revenue operations, often they're very focused on the data, the data quality, the data management, the instrumentation, you know, providing those reports and dashboards. The best-in-class revenue operation organizations think strategically and they're looking at what insights am I gaining from that data that if I provide that to the CRO, CRO, here's a caution we have. We're seeing a slowdown in our sell cycle time in the commercial market for the last three months. Here's what seems to be causing it. We're getting delayed in stage two to stage three. So best in class revenue operations are looking at the insights and the strategic answers to how I can change some of those data trends. Now, going back to your question, Alistair, um, the biggest challenge we found in helping companies with making metrics informed benchmark validated decisions was the consistency of number one, how the metrics are being calculated internally, because sometimes the source data was the issue, the calculation was the issue, and then benchmarks is, well, how do I know that that benchmark on net dollar retention is being calculated the same way I, and by the way, We've talked to over 100 PE and VC firms, and they're saying the biggest issue we have in conducting due diligence is we don't trust any of the metrics we're given because they're calculated so differently, right? Some people use a different denominator for net dollar retention. So we kind of, I kind of looked at that and I said, we need to standardize some of these metrics calculations and formulas, almost like we do with ASC 606 for revenue recognition, right? So we actually, um, about four months ago, created the SAS metric standards board, where we got six of the kind of leading authorities on SAS metrics in the industry that we're looking at launching the 10 first industry standard metrics in September. These are things like gross dollar retention, net dollar retention, customer acquisition cost, and then the cascading metrics from there, CAC ratios, CLTV to CAC, CAC payback period. So, and we're involving VCs, PE firms, and even SaaS vendors whose product provides those dashboards and provides those metrics. So that's what we're trying to do to help companies know that this benchmark is validated by the SaaS metric standards board. So that's one thing we're doing. And then same thing for the internal organization. Ensure everyone knows what payback period is, how it's calculated, and how they impact it. So standardized calculations and impact both internally and externally. Great. And, and, and Ray, where do we get a hold of all of that? What's your, what's your website? 
so everybody knows. Um, so my web, web, website is revopsquare.com. But for anyone who's really interested in benchmarking themselves to their light company cohort, saskpibenchmarks.com. There's 12 different benchmark data sets there, everything from a customer success benchmark index that we did in partnership with Gainsight to the customer acquisition and revenue ops benchmarks that we did with revenue.io. And then we just conducted a product-led growth benchmarking project with product-led, kind of the, one of the biggest thought leaders in product-led, along with Gainsight and product school. So just go to SAS KPI benchmarks, find the data set that's most important to your planning and performance, and benchmark yourself right there. Thanks, Ray. Howard, final word is yours. We have learned so much over this two-part series in terms of the five core metrics from episode one. You know, Ray really helped us get into the, the practicality of CAC, CLTV, net retention, everything else in this one. But ultimately, look, you've built several key companies as a prolific CEO in Silicon Valley, revenue eyes, high growth, all of those things. Just bring it home for us in terms of the top advice for anybody that's in your shoes right now. The top advice? Well, that's a tough one. Um, what I'd say is, look, to, to Ray's point, figure out your five KPIs, focus on those, make sure you have the instrumentation, the products in place to empower your team to perform better at the most important moments. That is key. So optimize your performance of your customer-facing teams. All your metrics will improve. Ray, thanks so much. Howard, thanks so much. Everybody for listening in, send us your questions, send us your comments. You heard how to reach Ray, reach out to him. And then if you like today, please hit the like button, subscribe, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Alistair.